right, ladies and gentlemen, this is True News 365. Thanks for joining me once again. I want to um, I want to go into a, a couple of sound bites that I've recorded, and I'm going to be covering um, a few of these sound bites, and they're they're uh, by um, uh, uh, some co- a conversation that I've listened to and on a public media uh, podcast post and another conversation that I had online. Both of these folks are, are uh, so-called atheists. And what I want to feature here is the, the mentality, the way the, the people think. And um, I mean, we, we've come across these conversations and things like that. And we, we see that, you know, they just think completely different. And um, as, as, as we know, we all come to uh, the re- reality of things, the way we believe things, uh, our knowledge of how we attain knowledge. All of these things we arrive based on our personal presuppositions. And so our presuppositions are going to determine what we believe and how we believe it. Okay, and it's going to impact other areas. Okay, other areas, and so I want you to listen to the arguing points. Um, I'm not sure how long these things are going to take. Some of these, some of these sound bites are actually a few minutes long, um, and I'm just going to interact with them and see how far we get in in respect to this. Okay, so the first one. Let's see. The first one is on abortion, right? The way a person thinks, they get into issues of uh, life, death, morality, subjective morality, uh, objective morality, uh, the value of human life, all of these things. We're going to expose the thinking and we're going to analyze that. That way we can have an understanding of what's going on, you know, in people's minds how they think, what they think, why they think. And all of us have to uh, come to understand these things about us the same way for us. Why do we believe certain things? How do we, uh, how do our presuppositions affect what we believe and how we believe them? Okay, so let's go for, let's go to our first, um, our first uh, uh, soundbite and uh, listen in on this. And I will, um, I will comment. Let me bring this up. Morally, do you think it's wrong? Or... Let's do that again. Yeah, uh, and I was just. Uh, but l- let me ask it to you like this: like morally, do you think it's wrong, or do you say it's like more? Speaking like, of abortion. Like, legally, uh, so, so, everybody. Yeah. So, so for me, we have to talk about what is morality. Um, a lot of people who are religious believe that morals are um, absolutes, you know, that, that it, uh, there is only such a thing as objective morality and it comes from God. For me, I, I, I don't believe that the universe or nature cares what is moral and what is immoral. Um, but, but obviously, morality for me is is human beings coming together and and deciding what is beneficial, what is not beneficial. So, so yeah, morality is not 
it doesn't hold like go on yeah when you say beneficial do you mean like happiness conducive or like desire desire satisfaction conducive because like those are those are two different like conceptions because you can have a desire yeah. uh, desire for something that isn't necessarily leads to your happiness or something like that okay so so do you believe in good and evil yeah to, but i'm a subjectivist about morality i think morality is subjective but you believe in good and evil yeah yeah but those are just no, expressions how can, but how yeah. can... all right so she she brings up a number of things right she brings up uh, morality right you know people that are there that believe in god they believe that faith you know that that morality is objective she says it's not objective she says that uh it's basically a convention uh people decide on what it is but notice how in the beginning she said that the universe doesn't care about you know um you know what goes on and what so the universe is she's speaking about the universe as though the universe is her absolute so the universe doesn't care so therefore uh there's no intrinsic value or rather uh to morality there's no intrinsic right or wrong that's her mentality right and so but then if you want to be consistent then why say that you know why then does if the universe, if we're just, you know, matter in motion, why then does humanity feel that it needs to seek out what she said is beneficial? Why not? So, sure, it sounds nice to say, well, it's just uh, beneficial for society. That's great. But what if a person decides, well, I am part of that. I believe that to its fullest. But I believe that what's mo most important is the beneficial what's beneficial to me right that's i'm part of society i'm part of the community i'm part of the planet the universe and i say that uh it's best for what i decide okay i want to get my way in life i step on necks in at work uh i don't pay my taxes uh, i i murder if i have to someone gets in my way you can't you could say that maybe that's not long run beneficial for humanity, but you cannot say that what he's his stance on it is wrong because there's no objective right or wrong. There's just what's beneficial, but he's operating on what's beneficial for him. That's the individual. Now, if you talk about the community, when does a community get together or a society and they actually do what is right all the time? So can we depend on a society to do what is right all the time what is beneficial for society if we take a peek out of society there are many societies right now that are killing each other that are enslaving others and that continues on so why is it that morality hasn't evolved even though we've been able to uh, explore the heavens and the universe and so many major advancements in so many ways in humanity, but somehow morality is still so elusive, okay? How is it that that's the case? Can we truly rely on an intrinsic level on the fact that society is going to get it right? You know, I mean, there was a time when uh, a, a people of color were, what, uh, three-fifths of a human being, whatever, 
um, there were subhuman and Jews were subhuman and that's why they were slaughtered. So, you know, there, there's, there's no standard other than what the, the, the society dictates. And by that, what, what they really mean is um, might equals right. But then there's no right. It just means that might is dictating what's, what's so-called beneficial. Okay, so that's very inconsistent, and it's, and it's poor. And on, on top of that, you know, if we're just stardust, why should we be seeking what's beneficial? Just enjoy life, you know, and get on with it and, that, and move on. You're only going to live 70, 80, 90 tops if it's possible. Why should you have so much invested in, in this, this life which means nothing? Your children, your offspring, your grandchildren, that means nothing. Your emotions, your, your goals, your, your moving up in society, and, and, and your fingerprint and footprint in, in humanity means absolutely nothing, just like this person said. So, obviously, you know, the non-standard is not a very good standard, okay? So, let's move on to um, the other uh, viewpoint that she brings up. This next one is... She's talking about God changes his mind. Okay. So in subjective morality, society and the individual change their mind. They're apt to do that. Okay. There's no set standard. Remember? So here she's describing God as God changes his mind. So why can't we change our mind? That's sort of what she's alluding to people who, you know, you're, if you're looking for a, a pro-local, um, they're typically going to be uh, religious in some way, shape or form, and they're going to believe that morality is objective and it never changes, um, which to me is laughable because, you know, in most of the faiths, um, God changes his mind quite a lot. So... The, the reason why she says that is because um, she's a person who has to twist scripture and the narrative of what, what is read in scripture and what is taught in scripture and what is seen in scripture in terms of the narrative, uh, and she needs to twist it because she, she's a, a, a pretty rabid God denier. Um, she's going to... Uh, She's in a, a, a twist the scriptures, and that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that when when God uh, does what He does, He He is sovereign, gives life and takes life, right? He is the one. He's the one who determines what is right or wrong. He sets a standard. That's where the standard comes from. And so, there's no place where God changes His mind. Okay. And so, uh, unless you want to twist scripture, when God decides to kill, it's not murder, it's judgment. And that's one thing that they have a problem with all the time. They have to misrepresent the scriptures in order to critique the scripture. And that's something that we see all the time. Next, uh, the next soundbite, where, where she brings up the issue of abortion she says no one wants to abort okay and to expect a woman to keep a baby in the womb is akin to uh, forced labor 
You see? And then she says that the baby or the fetus, meaning first she said baby, and of course she says fetus, but fetus means small baby, right? It's the same thing. Um, and she talks about <coughs> viability outside of the womb, okay? Outside of the womb. But the fact of the matter is that a three-year-old is, if you leave a th three-year-old outside of the womb without the help of the mother or the parents or other human beings, they will also die. So a uh, five-year-old, even seven-year-olds, if left on their own, so and, and they'll die. So the question is, what exactly is viability? The child, even at the 24 uh, weeks, 34 weeks or whatever, they can't crawl out of, of the belly. They can't crawl. You know, they, they're not viable. They have to be taken care of. The mother, the same person who has to take care of the baby inside the womb has to take care of the baby outside of the womb. Right? And so when he talks about early trimester abortions, that's what she says that, no, that's akin to forced labor. But that's a whole twisting, uh, a, a, a representation in the culture to align a beautiful baby, a creation, a humanity growing in the womb as a leech, as a, uh, as a subhuman thing. They have to strip humanity. And through time, we've seen that whenever people want to kill and murder innocents, they have to belittle them, just like they did in the days of slavery. They had to call them subhuman. The Nazis had to call uh, the Jews subhuman. And so that's a tactic of the evil humanity and self, the depravity of mankind, that it needs to, in order to do something, it's got to set the pace of dismantling the humanity and minimizing. That's what we've seen you know, at the turn of the uh, 20th century, uh, what was leading up, up to uh, what happened in Germany. A lot of that uh, was the idea that there were certain elements of society that were expendable, right? And that's what you see here in this same argumentation with the excuse of adding a, a woman's rights issue that has never existed in humanity. A woman does not have a right to, to massacre and mutilate her child in the womb. It's an abomination, like the Bible calls it, and true that, it really is. And the person has hidden themselves, their face from the truth of God, to the point where now they can see, in their darkened state, they can see these things as excuses. In the future, these are the people that will be denying that they ever thought this way. And they'll be just as embarrassed about slavery as they are, uh, rather, uh, about uh, ransacking a baby in, in the womb as they are, uh, um, uh, as people were about enslaving people. Um, so it, 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 it continues on, okay? So another thing that she brings up is the mother's life, okay? The, she says that the mother's life is more important than the, the growing humanity in her womb. Um, I'm not going to say that's uh, right or wrong, but rather I won't say what, what I will say is that where does that come from and why? Why is the mother's life more important? <clears throat> it's just a judgment call. It's a subjective 
moral judgment call. It's just which way the wind is blowing. You can say, well, it's because the mother could jump rope and she's, she, can, she can think. She can pay her taxes and that's why she's more valuable. You know, remember, this is coming from a mentality where we're stardust. We're stardust. Why then are we putting in so much value to the human being rather than the human being, right? At, you know, the ageism. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It, it, if you listen to the arguments, you know, you say, well, they can do so much more. And why is that the, the metric of human value? You see? And so you catch them in that subjectivity and they have no way to excuse it. Okay, so let's listen to, uh, to that. Well, I they don't want to talk about it. But, but one thing I will say is I don't think there is anybody on the planet that, that, that gets pregnant just to have an abortion because they want to have an abortion. You see, so when, when a person says, that's, that's her first point. She says nobody gets pregnant on purpose. But that's, that's beside the point. And that's not ever in, in the argumentation. Um, the, the, the intention of the person who gets pregnant is really not often argued, right? But what it is, is that what is said is that the person is unaccountable. The person is either irresponsible. The person is either a victim. The person is either a, you know, for what reason they end up pregnant. The debate begins once the person is pregnant, okay? And in a sense, it should start before that because it should have to deal with responsibility, even as far back as responsible parenting, um, uh, sensibilities in the culture that uh, end up uh, making it possible for more people to end up uh, pregnant at an early age or unwanted pregnancies. The idea is that there's such thing as this thing called safe sex. When we're dealing with uh, a probability and a statistic of, uh, uh, you know, the, the chances of getting pregnant by the use of substances, um, uh, contraceptions, contraceptives or condoms, which break to a percentage degree. So the question is, um, this idea of people seeking out relationships and shacking up and, and the behavioral and the understanding and the sensibilities in the culture have a lot to do with uh, those intentions that she's talking about. No one plans, but even greater than that, what's going on that leads to this? And it's not always victimhood. It's not always the fact that the person is a victim. It's the fact that the person didn't prepare or didn't have the right mentality coming into the situation oftentimes, right? Because, and, and then on top of that, once they're pregnant, if they're more apt to decide that there's less value for humanity simply because the, the, the developing human in the womb is, is small and because of their location, if we're going to add less value because of that, then where does that come from? Why? That seems to me like that's arbitrary, right? So let's try again. Well, I don't want to talk about it, but, but one thing I will say is I don't think there is anybody on the planet that, that, that gets pregnant just to have an abortion because they want to have an abortion. So you have to remember that. And impulse, I'm going to disagree with you with regards to 
uh, the five to six week mark because if the mother's life is in danger in any way, shape or form, um, there comes a point where abortion is just forced labour, um, and and then obviously if the baby if, if the baby is viable or the, or the fetus is viable um, outside of the womb, then then that's fine. But um, but I think that the life that is being lived greatly outweighs the life that is is in basically using another body to, to grow in. Yeah. So the 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 um, the mentality behind that thinking, you 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 see how warped it is, and because you believe you're stardust, because you believe that uh, there's no standard to morality, because everything is subjective, as she said, um, then you can create whatever seems right to you, whatever is convenient for you. You can say, well, yeah, if, if I need, uh, if I'm broke, you know, if I'm uh, a covetous person, I can excuse robbing a bank. Why? Because I'm a victim. I, I, I'm poor. I tried and I didn't succeed. So now I get to do this. Well, <clears throat> I'm poor so I can kill. I can rob. You know, it, it's the same thing. Okay. It's the same thing. If we're operating in a situation where there is no standard then that standard is going to be created somewhere. And it could either be the individual or they can make the excuse that it's conventional in society. But again, it's society is just a, a bigger example of what the individual is doing when they're playing God and when they're deciding what is right and what is wrong, right? And so uh, they, that's an example of the mentality. Now, I, I want to get into another conversation with a, another gentleman uh, who I featured before on my podcast. And uh, this gentleman is going to uh, talk about issues concerning uh, also subjective uh, morality and, and objective morality. And they're seriously going to uh, bring up um, issues that, that are not real to human reality and because once again you cannot have an, an absolute because you have to deny an absolute because um, objectivity in reality has to be grounded in something well uh, this is why reality itself has to be in question okay and so listen to the to the frame of thinking that is open to this individual and many who think just like him uh that is based on the presupposition um uh based on many presuppositions that bring him to that thinking and again what is it what why is this the case why do they feel this way because if there is an absolute then you've got to uh, account for that absolute you've got to identify that absolute if there's no absolute then anything goes Okay, and so that's going to be bared out in um, in this conversation, right? And so we get into uh, w whether or not we are in reality or not. Okay, whether or not we can uh, say, well, you know, what time is it? It's three thirty, 
okay, is it really 3.30? Perhaps not. We're probably in the matrix. <laughs> We're probably a brain in the vat. This m silliness that people normally do not live this way, this is how we have to live. With regard to answering objective questions, we can't because you could possibly be wrong. And so there's no real answers. And so everything is as slick and slippery as an eel. And reality, when it comes to this point, um, you have to argue a certain way. However, I, I, this gentleman will tell you that we're supposed to pretend as though there's objective reality. Imagine that. Um, that's a first for me. Usually, you have people saying they double down and they say, well, no, uh, you know, it, it's just things are just possibly not real. Okay, I possibly do not know that I'm even talking or that I actually even exist. They double down. This gentleman decides, okay, well, I'm going to say that there is objective reality, but I'm going to speak from both sides of my mouth and say that, yeah, <coughs> there is, but there isn't. I mean, it reminds me of the recent um, uh, situation going on with the Pope, where the Pope is... Uh, saying that, well, yeah, we're against homosexuality, but we must bless uh, same-sex couples. You know, so it's like he's got people and conservative Catholics everywhere wondering what the hell is going on. It's more than obvious that he's looking to conditionally uh, bring on and change, uh, you know, um, a Catholic doctrine. And it's, it's in the works, and it's been in the works for the past 10 years, you know, with this so-called Pope. And so this is the same hypocrisy and the same speaking from both sides of the mouth. Up is down and down is up and, and white is black and black is white. But, you know, somehow we have to listen to what these people have to say. So let's listen to uh, number one uh, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back to it. Well, BX, so this is the whole point. People who understand science um, understand the difference between 100% and 99.9999999%. And what I mean by that is they understand the difference between something that... You'll notice that what he does, okay, is that I'm talking... He's talking... He's ta bringing the conversation to an experiment in a lab, okay? Something that you do not know for sure. Rather, like, for instance, on a normal day of the week... If you speak to your friend, they're going to be well-grounded in reality. They're not going to live as though they're unsure what their name is. You know, that would go against logic, right? But I'm speaking about objective reality, right? I'm not talking about, well, I'm running an experiment and I'm trying to see if this, if it's going to go this way or that way. But he keeps dragging the conversation to make it seem as though that's what I'm talking about. No, what I'm talking about is, can you be wrong about everything you believe? Okay? Because if you could be wrong about everything that you believe to be true, that means you don't know anything. That means there's a percent, there's a, there's a chance that you are completely wrong about everything. Right? And so... By him equivocating and bringing this back to a science experiment in a high school, okay, uh, he's trying to minimize the effect of what he's saying and the conversation. 
and uh, he'll go around the circles. And mind you, I'm not even presenting God as an absolute. I haven't even gotten there yet. And so the gentleman here is uh, trying 50 different ways to Sunday to try to make sense of, uh, uh, of, of, of trying to wiggle away from reality. Well, BX, this is the whole point. People who understand science um, understand the difference between 100% and 99.9999999%. And what I mean by that is they understand the difference between something that is highly, highly likely close to 100% and something that is impossible or, or not, you know, or, or that is, is, is guaranteed 100%. And my point to you is, is live your life thinking that things are a hundred percent you're not living in reality you're just not because humans have no special access to reality behind the curtain we we just don't now we've done a really good job in certain areas that are that functionally are pretty close but like the reason why there are problems the reason why that there's malfunctions in a car, you know, and, and recalls and things were, because nothing's 100%. But some things are so infrequent, plane crashes now, for example, that the likelihood of a plane crash is so small, but nobody would get in a plane and, and assume it's impossible that the plane could crash. But I would hope that nobody would get in a plane and assume that the plane is going to crash, because the likelihood is that it isn't. So, so then I'm living in a not reality. If I tell you that I'm absolutely 100% sure I'm speaking on stereo right now. <laughs> You're telling me that that is not reality. We've got five people listening, Dan. Well, four. Five, including me, of course. But they're listening to this. This is what you call reality. That I'm not really talking here. Yes. What I'm saying to you, BX, yes, hear me clearly, that there is a high likelihood that you are. Matter of fact, I would even, it's so high that it's close to 100%, but it is not 100%. And that um, effectively it is. We can operate, you and I can operate as if it were 100%. I agree with that. But, but in reality, it is not 100%. And if you don't understand the difference, then I, I, I don't know what I can do to explain it anymore. So following your logic, <clears throat> you believe you're probably not talking on stereo. And you think that I'm being absurd and anti-science, possibly, by believing that I'm actually talking on stereo. See, again, BX, you don't understand the difference between probability and possibility. I'm going to say it again. Uh, there is a uh, virtual, virtually 100% that we are talking on stereo. We act as if it's 100% because to do so would be ridiculous. But I also know that it is not 100%. It is virtually close, but, but it, is, it is not 100%. And if I were to get evidence that showed me that I was not talking on stereo, I would accept that. Because I know that I don't have 100% certainty.
I don't think you understand BX is that, um, you know, certain things are more, we have a, we have a higher degree of understanding of certain things than we do other things. Um, and yet when the, when the understanding is close to a hundred percent, we humans act as if it's a hundred percent because why not? Why would you, um, uh, take such a low probability of it not being an act like that could happen because it, 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 the likelihood was we'd go multiple lifetimes before that would ever happen yeah but you what you don't understand again that we do not live this way okay we do not live on the earth every single day of the week this way right we don't deny reality we do not go around denying reality okay i would not say you know I would not say, well, yeah, of course I'm, I'm talking here. You know, I, I would, I, I would, that's what I would say. But you feel like you have to go into some kind of deep seated, uh, scientific stance to, to, to make your point. I, and I am trying to figure out why, what problem do you have with objective reality and believing that and being able to say, yes, I believe in objective reality. Can you possibly say that? No, because that's how scientists work, BX. I don't think you understand it. Scientists acknowledge the fact that we do not know anything at 100%. But you're right. Like I said, I agree with you. I operate my life as if things that are that are close to 100% are effectively 100% because to do otherwise would be stupid. But I also know that if there would be something that showed that, that was wrong, that I would not be surprised and blindsided. How could this be? We understand it 100%. We don't understand it 100%. And just to point out the standard model of physics, quantum mechanics, uh, uh, the, what we've observed from the James Webb telescope about the, the origin of uh, early galaxies, these are things that have like blown open the notion of... of quote unquote what everybody knows and scientists don't go shit my life is rocked because this new information because they don't they understand that things are not 100% they go shit model that we had that has to be fixed and revised to, to say that there's no such thing as reality that we may all not really exist and to hold a stance of the 99999, like the way you put it, is to deny objective reality, right? That's basically what you cannot believe in objective reality and believe that you could be wrong or you could be correct to the 99999.9. Okay? That's just the way it is. No, 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 BX, you're misunderstanding. I, 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 there is objective reality. But us humans do not have access to it at 100%. So there is objective reality, but our skills and abilities do not allow us to have a complete 100% understanding. The scientific method does not allow that. It has a confidence level, and that confidence level can be very, very high, but it's never 100%. That's what I'm saying. And so, no, there is objective reality. I have to go by the, the odds, the probability. But we humans have no direct access to that. None.
Okay, so you, you, you see what he's saying there. He's saying, he's speaking from both sides of, of his mouth. There is objective reality. No, there isn't. If you believe that there is a percentage, and, and there's something that he's, he's always saying. He says, I am misunderstanding probability versus possibility. Okay, but probability means a percentage, right? Possibility means chance, right? None of those things apply uh, when we're saying, you know, we're talking to someone every single day and we say there's a probability, there's a percentage that, that person is not in front of me, okay? Nor do we say there's a possibility that this guy isn't even here, okay? There's a chance, okay, that, this, that, that I'm living in a matrix. It's the same thing. When, we talk, when we're talking about an experiment in a lab, something that, we, we're, um, that we're trying to figure out, we're trying to get facts on, that's something completely different. There's a, a standard of error that is placed within the experimentation. But we're talking about reality here. We're talking about reality. And the reason why, once again, you can't say that there is objective reality is because it's a constant. And so you have to then trace back what, where does that constant come from? What is, what is, what is the first cause of that universal where does that come from? Uh, and you're going to have to define it. Okay, so they need things to be loose and elusive. They need to, you know, make it seem like, well, we're, we're okay with uh, looking at our hand in front of our face and saying, it's not here. I'm not here. I didn't just say that. Or did I? Wait, do I? You know, it's just, it's helter-skelter. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Okay? Now, now he says... Uh, yeah, so he says he believes in objective reality. And so, let's listen in. Yeah, let me say it again. Do you understand the difference between possibility and probability? Let me say it again. Just because there's a possibility that reality is not this way does not mean that it's probable. I think you're not understanding this point. So if the probability says that we are 99.99999 percent certain that something is the way it is we act as if it's a hundred percent but we know that it's not a hundred percent but we don't um because that probability that it's not the way it is is not big enough it's not worthy of assuming that that's going to happen but we're open to the notion that our model of reality needs to be revised when we get more evidence this is what my point is. It's not equivocation. It's a recognition that we are imperfect. It makes absolutely no sense to say that I'm going to, uh, all my experiences and everything that I went through in my, in my life possibly didn't happen. And I'm going to believe that until I can get confirmation that it actually did happen. We don't live like that. We can't live like that. We have to believe our senses. And there's only one thing that will allow us to have confidence of absolute reality, of believing what we see, hear, taste, feel. And that is God. 
God allows for that consistency. Why? Because he has told us that we could trust our senses, that we can use critical thinking, that we can uh, know things for sure, that he is true, and if we live in him, we are living in truth, right? And so the person who allows for truth, allows for that type of consistency, has to account for it. And that's what they don't want to do. Okay? So let's go into the third uh, point here. And let's see. Okay. Yeah. He gets more into the uh, probability versus possibility. Again. Um, okay. Let's, let's, go, let's, go straight, let's go straight there. We, we shouldn't have the hubris to say that we have cracked the nut and we know it incontrovertible because we don't we literally don't that's another thing that that oftentimes they do they say that a person that can be sure of things they're they're not humble they're not humble okay so not only can i go in his pocket and steal his wallet i can tell him that didn't happen right he's going to say that he can he's going to pretend that he knew that that happened because he's got to live in, in the so-called 99.999% that it's real, which is hypocrisy, which is, you know, that when we live that way, we will falsely accuse people <laughs> of crimes. We will not be sure. We won't be a good witness in court. You know, the courts don't go by the, by, by the science that he's talking about. No. The science very much takes advantage of evidence, of reality. And even in science, if you come to a you finding within your the evidence that you've discovered, well, yeah, you have to ha apply some form of faith in your senses that you've done the experiment correctly and that you are can can rely on the repeated the repeatedness of that experiment and the process and that you can rightly interpret that process that's a lot of lack of confidence <laughs> that you're applying if that's what you're doing okay and yet we live as though we do have confidence in things, as though we did discover things, as though we are standing in reality. So that doesn't translate over very well with regard to the here and now, our everyday reality. It really doesn't. It's laughable. It's embarrassing. And sure, he can speak that way with regard to finding new evidence in a lab or testing procedures and stuff like that. But when it comes to trusting our senses... We know that if a person is mentally ill, then we know that they're mentally ill. Then obviously the anomaly will, will take into account the anomaly, the, 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 the lack of usualness or the, 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 the fact that it's not, you're not, the person is not in the norm. But there has to be a standard, a fixed standard, by way we can measure what is the norm? What is the basis? What is the standard? And so by his logic, there's never a standard. In fact, what, everything he just said right here is he could be wrong. 
there, there possibly isn't a 99.9%. Okay? That's why I tell him that the same way that you give a 99.99% uh, probability or possibility that you are breathing and, and thinking a human being right now, not in the matrix, that you, uh, you're, you that 99.99 percentage is, is, is just as arbitrary as if you was to say 50% or 2%, 13%, It's just as arbitrary when, when it comes to the fact that you cannot trust your senses. Why put down a 99.999% on all things that are happening in your reality right now when you cannot put a, a possibility or a probability on all things that are right now. The only time that that doesn't make sense is when there's, we're talking about anomalies or something off outside of a standard. And there's got to be a standard. There's got to be a standard. Okay? So, uh, let's see. Did we do part three? Let's see. We, we shouldn't have the hubris to say that we have cracked the nut and we know it incontrovertible because we don't. We literally don't. But to your point, why would you live your life uh, uh, assuming that, that some tiny sliver of a possibility is going to happen? Because more than likely it won't. So I agree with you on that point. But it's not an equivocation. It's just that this is, I think, the fundamental difference and I think between people of faith and people of science, people of faith think that they have 100% understanding of the world and scientists just recognize they don't. The, the, the other thing is that if you can be wrong to the 99.999%, well, it also stands to reason that you could be wrong about the 99.999. You could, it could possibly be 50%. So what's the measure that guarantees and that will st will state once again with 100% objectivity that the metric that you're measuring is 99.9% accurate. It could very well be 50% accurate. Okay, you probably do not exist to the 50%. If it could be 99999, it could also be 50% or 2% or any percentage. See, this shows that you don't understand the scientific method. The whole point of the scientific method is to, is to uh, set up the experimental design such that you have a certain confidence level, usually 99.99, um, and that the, the experiment is designed such that any observed effects uh, are, are to the 99.99% confidence level. So, no, it cannot be 50%, at least from information we have gleaned through science, because, and yes, it is arbitrary that scientists have said, you know, we're going to accept a 0.01% uh, level of error. Um, and actually, different disciplines, sometimes it's like it's even more rigorous than that like 001, 001. Um, 
but that's arbitrary. It's like, you know, we're going to, you know, if you can demonstrate that your effect is 99.99% of the time likely to be caused the experimental effect, we're going to accept that. That's what science does. And so it's not 50%. The rigorous notion, nature of the experimentation says, nope, it is 99.99% likely that that result is due to the experimental effect and not chance. So to answer your question, that's how we know. Okay, now, that's one experiment. Now, when you do that experiment over and over, repeatable, different people do it throughout history, over and over and over again, right? And each experiment is 99.99% likely. Then you do a meta-study of what's the probability that if each one of those individual things have a 0.01% probability of chance, What's the probability that when it's done, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands of times, that 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 the experiments are done via chance, you get even more precise notion of the probability that it's not due to chance. That's what replicability is. Because you'll agree with me that the 99999 that you're talking about of the possibility of you being wrong about your very existence is in itself a probable a probability of which you have just as much basis to believe than two percent okay you know what's to say that it's 99.99 to that to that extreme percentage so it's either it's either it's either yes or it's no it's we either believe that we're speaking here or we're not speaking here because no, no metric can be guaranteed just like uh, 100% of that metric can be guaranteed. I just explained to BX, each experiment has a confidence level and then when you do replicability over many different vari- variations of that experiment and over time, and then you get results of many, many different experiments, you can determine the probability over all that replicability, uh, while an individual experiment being 99.99% confidence level. When you have replicability, you can figure out what the confidence level is of that, and that goes up. I just explained it. No, because it's specific to what you're measuring, okay? So it's specific to whether you went to the bank today or whether you fell in... in, in skin your knee when you were five or that we're we're sitting here speaking on stereo it's specific to the circumstance and and you cannot put a fixed percentage or hypothetical on any one given of of a million things that can be taking place right now you cannot say that and so the 9999 is arbitrary okay that's an arbitrary number when you say that so there's a good chance that maybe there's only two percent that we actually exist because the the two percent is just as arbitrary as 99999 okay people just throw that around no it's not arbitrary bx again when someone designs an experiment you have a confidence level for that experiment so an individual experiment will have a confidence level usually 0.01 
when replicability happens and people replicate the experiment over and over and over again, each one at a 0.01 level, statistically, you look at the likelihood of thousands, hundred thousand, ten thousand experiments, each at the 0.01 level, the likelihood that they all are, or any one of them is due to chance, and you get a much higher precision. And yes, BX, we don't measure everything about, you know, whether or not when you fell down and skinned your knee, what's the probability that, of course, you know we don't study that. I'm talking about everything science looks at and, and how physics works, how chemistry works, you know, and human behavior gets a little more complicated, uh, I'll be honest, but I'm not, I don't think you understand science. And I'm not trying to be a dick here. I'm just trying to be serious. Um, I, 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 I don't, science never says we've nailed an explanation of reality and it's the way it is and that's it. We got it. It never, ever, ever, ever says that. All right, so you heard it yourself, okay? You heard the equivocation, and um, uh, the, the, the sad part is that, um, you know, that he's talking about a, um, uh, an arbitrary number. He puts an arbitrary number, and what he does is he confuses... The, the, the idea of a, an experiment that you would do in high school or in a lab. And with that, he's like, okay, um, uh, that's the same way you're going to add a 0.0% um, um, possibility, uh, you know, on, on something didn't happening with regard to reality. This is regard to whether we're standing in the matrix or we're actually real. This is regarding things that we have confidence with or we should have confidence with um, concerning our experiences, uh, being of a sound mind, having the confidence that what's happening right now is actually happening, that he wants to put the same percentage. But like I said, it's because to have confidence in your Con uh, consciousness and your experiences and your reality means that you have to believe in absolutes. You have to believe in the absolutes of of, of something, of, of universals. And you have to account for those universals. You have to ask yourself, what is it that provides that continuity with how you know things, how you're what you believe, how you believe it, the confidence level of the things that you experience, your own senses. And, and so this is a person that would say that it's, um, uh, you believe the evidence, believe the evidence, but they will not believe their own senses. They will not believe their own experiences. They won't take that as, as the evidence that should be, um, uh, Exclusive that in itself they said could possibly be wrong Okay, so again 
This is the mentality of the secularists, the, um, that not God worldview, and it leads to absolute absurdity. I want to thank you for joining me today. Apologize for the random profanity words. There weren't too many of them today. Uh, glitches and uh, sounds, my um, uh, pop-ups and stuff like that. But I appreciate you listening in to the whole podcast. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me. Check out truenews365.com. And until next time, God bless. All right, you're listening to True News 365, a podcast, blog, cultural commentary, and Christian ministry set out to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, to reach out to those who will have ears to hear by the power of the Holy Spirit. Check out truenews365.com for updates on blogs, videos, and more podcasts. And don't forget to share if you care. Until next time, God bless.